How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Oh, hey, friends. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today, we're going to be talking about how to surround yourself with inspiring people. So we'll dig into why the people that you spend the time with might be the most important influence on your success. And I'm going to dig into four tools to make sure that those people are top-notch and will guarantee that you actually get to where you want to go in life. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now also on Amazon, going to be an absolute game changer. And for everybody who buys the book from our website, you'll get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs, so you'll want to head over to www.sidlickbook.com to check it out now. Let's get on with the show. All right, so I had a mentor once tell me that... Your environment dictates your destiny. Now, this means that the people you surround yourself with, the nature that you surround yourself with, the thoughts you surround yourself with, the media you surround yourself with will dictate your destiny. And this is incredibly true because your environments program your subconscious mind. Your environments program that 95% of your brain, which is your subconscious. And that subconscious dictates 90% of your beliefs, thoughts, actions, habits, um, I think Will Smith once said, if you hang out with five smokers, you'll become the sixth. If you hang out with five people who are in a broke and in nine to fives, you'll become the sixth. Well, if you hang out with five people who are extremely financially successful and impacting the world and, uh, living a life of service and, and, and doing all the things that you want to do, well, you're going to become the sixth, right? Now, I was lucky enough to learn this idea around um, surrounding myself with the right types of people at a very young age. Uh, when I was in the Air Force, when I was in Air Force ROTC, the Air Force actually suggested to me that I have mentorship, not just within the Air Force, but outside of the Air Force. Um, and this was something that I think may have been the reason, the single reason why I was actually able to quit my job down the line. Now, the Air Force suggested that I uh, always have outside mentors so that I never get caught in a box because it's always beneficial to be able to talk to people that think differently, that have different perspectives so that you can see different angles on things. Um, now, obviously, I did not last in the Air Force. I got a DUI my senior year and I was uh, promptly kicked out and was never able to fly, fly fighter planes like I wanted to. But as I continued on into the corporate world and as I continued on with Cisco for over the next five years, um, I continued to realize that mentorship was a really important thing for me and surrounding myself with people that were successful. So I had mentors within Cisco. Uh, you know, they were they were directors, they were VPs that I would I would, you know, take out to coffee and lunch and, and pick their brains on how they got to where they did. But then I also had a couple of mentors that were outside of Cisco that were, uh, you know, one was in a different nine to five and successful in the corporate world, and a couple were entrepreneurs and they did things totally differently. 
Now, um, I look back at my corporate days and the, you know, the last few months of me being in the nine to five world. And I can tell you that it was the conversations with people outside of the nine to five that started to grow increasingly uh, over the last six months to a year. I was having more conversations with people outside of the nine to five world. And that became more and more of an interest to me. And the people that I was surrounding myself with on weekends and talking to on vacations were entrepreneurs. And it was as I started to surround myself with those people that the idea of entrepreneurship became more and more accustomed and familiar to me. And I truly believe that it was it was this process of surrounding myself with more people that were entrepreneurs that were doing things differently that eventually led to me making the decision to call up my manager and, and quit on the spot because I'd seen so many other people do it. I, I knew what was possible, right? And so while others felt held back because they were never, you know, they never put themselves around other 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 entrepreneurs or in communities of other crazies like us that are doing doing fun things, you know, I had I had seen other people do it. So my my mind couldn't, you know, could no longer doubt that nobody could do it because I'd I'd seen and met and talked to a lot of people that do it. And I realized they were no different than me. In fact, some of them were not even as smart as me and not even as creative as me and not even as as resilient as me. So when I started to see people that I thought were less than accomplishing great things, I met I went, man, I can do that, right? So it was it was very interesting. But surrounding yourself with people uh, and the people that you surround yourself with is by far one of the most important uh, tools that will dictate your destiny. So you want to get it right. So I actually want to share a handful of tools with you right now that can really help you with this to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people to achieve the goals that you have. Now, for this to work properly, first and foremost, you need to get some clarity around what it is that you want to do. Now, even if you don't have clarity, just hanging out with new people in different spaces and having these, these different conversations and getting different perspectives can actually help you get clarity. But this is even more powerful once you do have clarity around where you want to go and what you want to do. So the first point that I always like to talk about is actually not how to get around uh, great, great and inspiring people. It's how to make sure that you're not spending too much time with uninspiring people. And this actually might be one of the most difficult things for people to do. Now, when you want to start growing and you want to start accomplishing more, one of the truths about success is that you will always have people in your life that doubt you and you will always have people in your life that want to pull you back with them. Now, there's several reasons for this. And most of the time, it's not because they don't love you. Most of these people love you. And if anybody's ever tried for something new or pushed for something greater, uh, you know that this will happen, right? Um, for me, it was actually my mom, who's one of the most inspiring and one of the most loving people I've ever met. She, Until I met Maddie, my mom was the number one woman in my life. Now, when I went to quit Cisco, when I went to quit Cisco, I remember calling my mom up. I was so excited. I was so excited because she supported me through everything. I was a little shit of a kid too. And she supported me through all the crazy shit that I did. Um, and then even when I got my DUI and got kicked out of the Air Force, I remember when she picked me up from, from the drunk tank and she just consoled me and she took care of me. Like she's she's been with me through thick and thin. And then I went to tell her that I was quitting my job. And I, I remember calling her up and she goes, and I told her and I was so excited. And she goes, I don't think you should do it. And I was like, what? I was, I was like heartbroken. I was like, I don't understand. She supported everything in my life. How could she not support this? She goes, I don't think you should do it. I think you should really consider staying in your, uh, in your role at Cisco. I don't think you should do it. And I was, I was heartbroken. I remember getting off the phone and being so confused. I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't understand. Right. But then I realized, I realized that it wasn't because my mom didn't love me. My mom just didn't understand what I was doing. Now, my mom 
uh, immigrated from Pakistan when she was 16 years old to build a more stable life here in America for her future family. And she did that. She she got an amazing degree. She got an amazing job uh, as a biochemist. She supported my family growing up um, and allowed me so many opportunities to grow and me and my sister, so many opportunities to grow. But here I was, the, you know, her golden boy now throwing away his golden career for something completely uncertain that she had never, she'd never seen this before. So she didn't know. So it wasn't her fault. It wasn't like she didn't love me. It was, she just didn't understand. So I remember I had to call my mom up and I had, I had to tell her, Hey mama, I need you. I, I called my mom, mama. I said, Hey mama, I, I know you don't understand this, but I need you to trust. I need you to trust that you did such a go good job raising me that I would be doing you a disservice if I just stayed in this nine to five. And I can see you've done such a good job raising me that I can see so much further than even you can now that I need you to trust that I'm making the right decision. And I need you to let me have some space over the next six months to go do this. And she said, okay. All right. Now, this was a really difficult conversation for me to have with my mom because I'm a total mama's boy and I'm also you know, half Pakistani. So anybody who's brown knows that saying that to your brown mama is like blasphemy. Um, but I did it. Right? And this brings me to the first point is when it comes to being successful, you are going to have to realize that surrounding yourself with people that are not inspiring you or motivating you or you're learning from in some way to accomplish some goal uh, can actually be really detrimental. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if you want to be a millionaire, everybody you have to hang out with is millionaires. No, that's not true, right? Like I, you know, I hang out with a lot of people that aren't millionaires, but they inspire me in other ways, right? My best friend is not a millionaire yet. He probably will be soon, but he's not a millionaire, but he's one of the kindest Mo funniest, most uh, amazing, caring people that I've ever met in my entire life. And he always reminds me what it's like to just have fun, what it's like to always be a kid and be playful. And that's inspiring to me beyond any amount of money. And that's why he's my best friend, because I don't need help making more money, but sometimes I do need a little bit of help acting more like a kid and just having fun, right? So the way that I do this is I break it down. I, I call it my three by three by three rule. So essentially what it is, is the people in your life, you need to realize that there are three day people, three hour people, and three minute people. And you need to start to be very particular around who you allow into each one of these buckets. Now, three day people are inspiring as shit to you. You spend three days with them and they inspire you. They motivate you. They, they push you. They stretch you. You learn from them constantly. These are the people that you want to be surrounding yourself with the most. Then there's three hour people and three hour people you could spend, uh, you know, the three day people you could spend an entire weekend with or a vacation with, right? The three hour people you could go get dinner and catch up every now and then. And, and there are three hour people that you want to catch up with and maybe they're inspiring, but maybe they're not like, the, you know, the very top of the top or something like that. But um, it's great to catch up with them every now and then. And then there's three minute people. These are the people that, you know, you can, you can connect with them, you can catch up with them. But most of the time, you, you're probably not going to want to spend more than three minutes just catching up at a, at a party or something like that. Because if you spend too long, their subconscious beliefs are going to start to rub off onto your subconscious beliefs. And it's actually going to be harmful for you. Now, the three minute people, you, you don't always want to just get rid of them because Maybe you can inspire them and you can help raise them up and they can become three-hour people or even three-day people. But especially when you're first starting, you need to be very conscious about the people you're surrounding yourself with. Now, when I first started my entrepreneurial career, there were people that I would go – before that, there were people that I would go on three-day benders on weekends with, right, that now had to quickly become three-hour people or maybe even three-minute people. 
or I may have had to even take off the list completely because they were detrimental to my mission, to my service, to my health and everything that I was setting out to do. And then there were three, there were people that used to be three minute people that I realized, holy crap, I need to spend more time with this person. And they quickly became three hour people or even three day people, right? Because they were inspiring. They were motivating me. They pushed me to those next levels. They challenged my thought processes to help me grow. Right. So in the beginning, you're going to have to be extremely critical about who you allow into your space. Now, this is one of the reasons that I love Maddie so much. And it's it's really important for you to understand that your spouse is more than any of these. Right. So so your spouse, your your husband, your wife, your partner, whatever it might be, you know, isn't a three minute, three hour or three day person. This is a three lifetime person. Right. And they're going to have the most time with you. And so this is one of the reasons that I love Maddie so much is because she inspires me so incredibly much every single day in so many different ways. She pushes me. I could spend all day with her, every day with her. We work together. We live together. We go, we do everything together. Um, we go hang out with friends together. And it's because she never stops ceasing to push and grow and inspire me and challenge me intellectually and emotionally. Uh, and, and as a husband and a partner, and spiritually, she's constantly pushing me. And this is why I married that woman. Because every day I spend with her, every moment I spend with her, she inspires me for more, right? But this is really important to understand the three-hour, three-day, and three-minute rule because it's going to dictate how you might have to start to slowly move people out of your life. And it's not because they don't love you, but you do need to realize that it's in service of your bigger mission and what you want to accomplish in the world. And as you move certain people out of your life to smaller roles in your life, you're going to open up room for other people that are much, much more inspiring, much, much bigger. And, and some of the people and the, and the friends and the mentors and the network that I've built right now, I'm like, how on earth am I so damn lucky to have these connections? But the only way that I was able to do it was because I had to make space as well. So uh, that's the first tool that I want to recommend to everybody is the three by three by three rule. Now, the next tool, um, a lot of you guys may have heard of this. Some of you guys may not have is masterminds. So, you know, this was originally kind of made popular in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, but it's a pretty common thing online now, uh, masterminds. Basically what masterminds are, it's a gathering of like-minded people that are all pushing for common goals or or growth or service or personal development or whatever it might be. Um, so masterminds, you can have them in person, you can have them online, um, but masterminding is one of the most powerful things that you can do to get around like-minded people because especially if you're an entrepreneur or doing something different, uh, it gets lonely. It gets it gets lonely, especially you know when people in your your day to day life don't understand what you're doing. You need a mastermind of other entrepreneurs. You need a mastermind of other uh, change makers or influencers that are doing similar stuff to help you feel not alone and not crazy, right? Now, there's two different uh, two different ways of looking at masterminds that I suggest for people. Uh, the first thing is is paid versus unpaid. Now, I always suggest joining paid masterminds, and there's several reasons for this. Um, no matter what level you're at, uh, and and you know, a lot of people go, "Well, I don't want to pay for a mastermind." Well, it's like, well, yeah, the people that aren't willing to pay for a mastermind tend to be the least committed people, right? So the people who pay pay attention, and then when you join a paid mastermind, you'll see that the the level of person is way higher. So, you know, I always suggest to people like, if you can pay to be a part of a mastermind, pay to be a part of a mastermind because you're going to put yourself around other like-minded people that are actually committed to making shit happen. So much so, so much so that they're putting their money where their mouth is to make it happen, right? 
Um, and then the other the other side of it is what's referred to as syndicated versus hosted masterminds. So syndication masterminds are basically a group of a bunch of people all around the same level of business or health or relationships or whatever it might be, whatever the goal is you're working towards. So a syndication is a bunch of people that are all around the same level, all helping each other grow. Now, these masterminds can be beneficial because you get to share resources, you get to share knowledge, you get to share experiences with each other. Um, but the problem with this is it can actually become, uh, detrimental, uh, at certain levels. So for example, in the business space, I've noticed that syndications, syndicated masterminds really only work if you're, uh, like kind of like above the seven figure mark, because once you're above the seven figure mark, you've kind of proven like, okay, like I have what it takes to just make shit happen. Right. So I don't need to hold myself accountable. You're like, and, and you've, you've kind of proven yourself. So at that point, at seven figures, when you start to do syndicated masterminds, it really starts to help people grow up in that, in that way. What I've noticed is if you're just starting out as entrepreneurs, if you're with a bunch of other people who've just started out as entrepreneurs, it kind of becomes the blind leading the blind. And it can actually become dangerous. If you've ever heard of how to keep crabs in a bucket, or if you've ever heard of how to keep uh, eight inch crabs in a six inch bucket, you just throw two of them in together. Why? Because as one crab starts to climb out, the other one will just pull it back down with it. And this tends to happen in lower level masterminds, which is why if you're not at the seven figure mark, I do suggest what's called a hosted mastermind. Um, so hosted masterminds are normally hosted by somebody who's at a higher level, maybe the level that you want to get to, or it has people in a higher level. So I'm a part of a mastermind called uh, 100 million mastermind experience. Now in this mastermind, there's over 20 uh, 20 hosts and coaches that have all either built $100 million businesses or they've had $100 million, basically the whole idea is $100 million business or $100 million views or $100 million on ad spend. So they're all significantly larger than I am, right? But it's a hosted mastermind. I paid for it to be a part of it. But by paying that, I get to put myself around these 20 individuals that are all at extremely high levels and I get to learn from them. I get to learn how they think, how they behave, how they make decisions. I get to see uh, the processes that they go through and they get to help me on my business with all their experience, right? So hosted masterminds are incredibly powerful um, when, when you're at a lower level and you're looking from higher, for some higher level expertise. So masterminds are the second tool. Um, and then the third tool, uh, one of the most important tools is mentorship. So make sure that you're getting mentorship as well. So, uh, there's obviously paid or, un or unpaid mentorship. Now I have, I have a lot of unpaid mentorship in my life. Um, but I also have a lot of paid mentorship in my life. And I will tell you that both have been incredibly valuable, but the paid mentorship every time has gotten me more worth simply because when I pay, I pay attention more and I act more. So even if the, even if the advice isn't as good, I actually get more from it. Um, so a couple of pieces of advice, if you can afford paid mentorship, I highly suggest doing it. If you can't, there are ways to quote unquote pay for mentorship without actually paying. Um, and I did this when I first started out as well. So, um, you know, I've had, I've had several mentees of mine, not, not pay me, but work their asses off to be around me. Um, and that's something that is, you know, in, inspiring as a mentor as well. So mentors look for action takers, people willing to put in the work. So, uh, over the course of my over the course of my career, a lot of my mentors have actually become some of my best friends, um, and has ac have actually hired me as well. A lot of my mentors have actually hired me once they learn how good we are at what we do too. So, um, the way that this or the reason that this happened is because when I become a mentor a mentee to somebody, whether I pay or I don't pay, 
I put in the work. I work my ass off and I make sure to show it. When somebody gives me feedback or somebody gives me coaching, I take the feedback, I take the coaching and I implement it immediately. Now, if I'm a mentor and I give feedback or coaching to somebody and they do it, I'm going to want to give them more coaching. I'm going to want to help them more. I'm going to want to support them more, even outside of the realm of whatever they're paying me, right? Because I'm going to want to, I'm going to, want to make sure they be successful because they've shown that they're willing to put in the work. Now, if I go give feedback or coaching advice to somebody and they don't take the action, I'm not going to want to give them any more advice. That's just the way it is. It's like, hey, I've spent years and hundreds of thousands of dollars, even maybe millions of dollars learning this. And I just gave you like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of wisdom and you just threw it on the floor and spit on it. Like, I'm not going to give you any more of that shit. So when you're working with a mentor, make sure that you're implementing, you're an action taker, you're, you're doing the stuff that really moves you forward and you're getting results because people like helping people that do the work, right? So I remember when I first called Jack Canfield, um, you know, uh, the three days after I quit my job, I called up Jack Canfield's office. Um, for those of you guys who don't, who don't know Jack, uh, he wrote all the chicken soup for the soul books. He's now a good friend and mentor of mine as well. And well, how did we build that relationship? Because when I first quit my job, I called up his office and I was like, Hey, my name is Xander Fryer. I just quit my job. Can I come hang out with you guys? And, uh, 30 minutes later, I had a conversation with his, uh, director of operations, then his CEO, Petty Aubrey, then Jack. And then 45 minutes later, I had a flight out to Arizona immediately, right? Flight out to Arizona the next day. And that was how much of an action taker I was. They were like, well, come out to Arizona then. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Now, most people wouldn't do that. Most people would hesitate, but I was an action taker. And because of that, I got to spend the next two weeks working with Jack and his team. And I helped him behind the scenes. And then I worked on, you know, worked at his event with him and I went through his event and then I, and then I hired him and I bought his programs. And because of that, now Jack and I are, are friends and he's still a mentor of mine. Right. And so, but that's because I put in the work to see the success and showed him that, hey, if you tell me something to do, I'm going to go do that shit. I'm going to implement the hell out of this. Right. Same thing with one of my good mentors, Craig Valentine. He's now one of my, one of my close friends. I'm actually going to go see him for dinner tomorrow, him and his wife and is about to be newborn baby. Um, I'm going to go see him tomorrow. But when I first started, I literally hadn't made a dime and I was in a, I was in a mastermind and that Craig was speaking at. I mean, I raised my hand and I asked him if he needed any, any help with his website and any contributing writers. And he said, sure. And he gave me a bunch of stuff to do. And he said, if you could get this done by next week, that'd be great. I had it done by the next day. Right. And he's like, here's some more stuff. And I did it again. I did it within the next two days. And then he learned that I'd done some work with Jack and he's like, Hey, I want you to come sit in and audit my, uh, my workshop and give me some feedback. Since you've done so much work with Jack, I'd love some feedback on how I'm running mine. And so I went there and same thing. I worked my ass off there. He had a couple of clients that he needed some extra help with. I took him outside, did some extra deep work with him, got some amazing results, but I just did the work to help him. And he saw that and he was like, man, this kid's hungry. He wants more. So he kept coaching me because he saw every time he told me to do something, I did it and I saw results. And so Craig kept coaching me and coaching me. And every week, every month, my business kept growing and growing. So he just wanted to keep doing it. Right. So it was, I all came back to being an action taker with my mentors. And that's how I surrounded myself with these people. Now I look around at my network and my network is all, you know, multimillionaires, billionaires, world changers, best selling authors, people with million person plus followings, all because I put in the energy and put in the work to be around them, show them that I'm, that I'm uh, committed to taking action. And then also making space from, uh, you know, from people that weren't, 
really inspiring me. Now, over the last five years, I've been to over 40 live events, had dozens of mentors, spent over $500,000 to be parts of masterminds and programs with people that inspire me, and I won't stop because I've seen how much it can absolutely change my life when I let it. So if anything else that you take away from this, it's make sure to be conscious of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And if you can't afford to pay for it just yet, you still need to make conscious efforts in the unpaid territories to get unpaid mentorship, unpaid masterminds. Make sure that if there's people in your life, you know, if there's five smokers in your life and you don't want to be the sixth, you better turn those five smokers into either three-minute people or get them off the list completely. Because otherwise, I guarantee that you're going to become the sixth. That's all we have for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing, so make sure that you implement what you learn with us today. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.